The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. It's sex out loud, and you're welcome to listen in. Passion on CJAD 800. It's that time of the week, uh, Tuesdays, Trouble Tuesdays, which means I answer your questions about sex, love, and relationships. You can send them in right now by text at 514-800. You can call in at 514-790-0800. You can also feel free to email me, Lori at drlori.com, so that you can do at any point. So I did get one email, and it was uh, basically talking about uh, a bit of a disturbing um, question that we got last night. So I'm, I'm just going to repeat the question because this emailer wanted me to discuss it further and, and to have maybe uh, some of you uh, weigh in on this. Uh, basically says, I love my boyfriend. He's great. We've been together 12 years. In the last few years, he has been wanting me to have sex with other guys, which I have with him like a threesome. Now he wants me to go out and have sex with a guy alone. I don't want to have sex with another guy if my boyfriend is not there. Then he wants me to have a gangbang. I've told him I'm not comfortable with that. He just says, oh, you would like it once it started. I don't think I would. I told him I might be comfortable to have sex with him and three other guys. He then tells me that other guys don't like the boyfriend there because they won't be themselves. I wouldn't be myself. I told him I would feel like I was cheating on him and I don't want anything to ruin our relationship. What do you think I should do? I know this is a crazy question, but I swear it's true. So it sounds like a boundary issue to me, but I answered it last night, although here um, I got another uh, email about this. It said, um, at the beginning of your show, you had an email from a young woman whose boyfriend, so-called boyfriend, is in brackets, is encouraging her to have sex with his friends. I'm the one who texted in stating she is being used as a whore for her boyfriend and his friends. My girlfriend and I were very disturbed by her email, and we think you have touched on something when you said some men pimp out wives and girlfriends. I did say that because I, I know of several situations where a partner was with an, an abusive uh, at least abuse of power, uh, partner, um, where, uh, the, the, the woman for some reason had trouble saying, uh, no, and, uh, would engage or would want to fulfill the partner's fantasies. But really it ended up being that he was forcing her, uh, to have sex with other guys. Like, forcing her, getting her to submit to it. So it's a, it's another form of non-consent when you, when you get somebody to submit to what you want. So the other person can say, well, you said yes. In other words, I didn't say no. Right. Uh, but when now we understand consent to be enthusiastic consent rather than submission, like to get your partner to submit to something you don't want to do is not consent. Anyhow, let me just go on. Uh, this young woman who is obviously naive and being manipulated by a guy who obviously has zero feelings for her and zero respect for her and considering their age bracket, he is probably charging his friends and any other male who would be willing to pay for services. And she is probably not even aware that she is being 
pimped out. I hope you take issue again with this tonight and I hope she's listening and let callers comment and just maybe she will see the truth. So I promised that I would, uh, I would read that email. So there you have it. Uh, one texter added run in capital letters, run. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we get all kinds of questions and all kinds of people in very different kinds of, uh, predicaments that they find themselves in. And to me, I mean, I'll answer all questions that come through. No question is a silly question. It just means somebody is, is troubled by whatever it is. And believe me, whenever I see a question like this uh, or any question, it's not the first time after 30 years doing this job or this work, uh, it, none of these things ever really truly surprise me because I've heard them before. Sadly, I've heard many of these situations before. All right, here's another question. When alone, masturbating is not an issue. I get hard and everything works just fine. But for some reason, when I'm with my girlfriend, I have a hard time getting completely hard. I feel totally comfortable with her and we've done other things in bed just fine. But for some reason, I can't get hard when I know we want to have vaginal sex. Why is this? I assume this is a mental issue, but I don't understand how to overcome it. It's rather embarrassing. So you're right. This is a a mental issue, meaning it is in your mind. So it's more psychological because you're clearly your penis functions fine in the other situations. And, And that's one of the first things we ask when we do an evaluation of erectile dysfunction, whatever the the causes, but we want to find out, does it only happen in one particular situation? And if it happened, if it, if you can get a full erection during masturbation, for example, or with one partner and not another partner, then we know that your penis is functioning fine. And so it's got to be something going on in your head. A lot of times what goes on is at the level of the unconscious. So it could be that there's a fear, uh, an unconscious fear of penetration. It could be a fear of getting somebody pregnant. It could be a fear of committing a sin. For example, if you grew up in a household where you were taught that sex outside of marriage is a sin, it might be a fear of not lasting long enough. It might be a fear of not being good enough. It might be a fear of hurting your uh, partner. So you want to figure out what is it? Like what, what anxieties are hidden in there that are causing your penis to react in that way? So you need to talk this out with a therapist to figure out exactly what it is that you are uh, anxious about. In the meantime, I would tell you to try this. Take, uh, since you get erections outside of penetration, you're fine. So with foreplay. So once you get your erection, put on a penis ring, it's a constriction ring, commonly known as a cock ring. So you, it's a constriction ring that you put at the base of your penis. Once you have an erection, it traps the blood, um, and allows you to maintain an erection. So it's the only thing you have to watch out with those is that you can't, you shouldn't keep it on for longer than uh, like 20 minutes or so, because you don't want to cut off the blood circulation. So, um, that's one way to maintain your erection and, and go from there. And sometimes even with, um, performance anxiety, doctors will prescribe, uh, like the medications like Viagra or what have you, just for you to feel more confident about being able to, uh, 
uh, to perform. But I would want to get to the to the root cause, and once you get to that, then we you can work on that and you can figure that out, and then it won't become like this big self fulfilling prophecy. Uh, how can parents become more aware that educating their children on sex is extremely important for the child's development? How can we educate parents? Uh, that's a good question, which is something I've been fighting for for many, many years with my involvement with the Sexual Health Network of Quebec. It's all about educate like wanting to spread education, it's really what I do even here, right, is trying to get people to talk about sexuality. Um, this is why sex education uh, is has become mandatory in, uh, in our schools because the school system understands the importance of uh, sex education and, and and how this is a big part of child development and the studies all point to uh, the fact that comprehensive sex education reduces rates of sexually transmitted infections, increases rates of condom use, um, reduces the rate of unplanned pregnancies, and also early sex education helps prevent the sexual abuse of children. So there's only good reasons to educate uh, children on sexuality, and that starts uh, very young. So I don't know what else to do but to just keep talking about it and making sure that parents are aware of the, of the importance and that as a society we keep uh, encouraging uh, that kind of thing. Uh, coming up, a question on non-consensual sex in Canada. I'll answer that. We strip away the stigmas every night with passion on CJAD 800. Your questions answered tonight, 514-800-514-790-0800 to call in. Of course, you can always email me, laurie at drlaurie.com. So this is a question, uh, which I don't exactly have the exact, exact numbers for. What are the stats on non-consensual sex in Canada? How likely is non-consensual sex to take place in society today? That's a big question that can be a whole topic for a show. What I know now is about one in three women before the age of 18 will be sexually assaulted. So often by somebody they know. So date rape, etc. cetera. Uh, so that's a, that's a staggering number. You would think that uh, with today's discussions of consent, etc., that the numbers would be going down. It doesn't seem to be going down. Now, I think it's because there's a lack of understanding of what consent is. Um, consent is simply not, it, it, consent has to be given enthusiastically. I know I, I keep saying this, but it's you, a person who submits to pressures by their partner, uh, that is not consent. That's not the way consent works. Interestingly, this week alone, I saw two women uh, who have complained of basically marital sexual assault, where they have felt assaulted because they felt they couldn't, even though they said no, their partners insisted, pressured them, 
uh, and continually, continuously so that they uh, simply said, "Fine, take just take what you want," and, and then, but they dissociate from that. They separate themselves from that physically. Uh, they don't feel good about themselves when they do this, and they feel assaulted. So it can happen even within a marriage. And to me, like I did, I talked to the gentlemen, to the partners who clearly did not have an understanding of consent for them. It was, it was like given automatically simply because the wife, they felt the wife had a duty to, um, uh, to provide uh, sex for their partner who wanted sex. And like, this was the thinking of course, I had to, you know, you have to do a lot of education when uh, this is the kind of thinking that goes on because it is uh, very, very damaging, very damaging. Anybody want to add anything? I, I'm happy to discuss this a little bit further. I have a few other questions here. Hi again. I'm the person who would like to actually sleep better with my partner. I think it's because I need more space. He likes to cuddle and I need space to sleep. You're going to tell me to simply ask for more space. That might hurt his feelings. I think it's sweet that he likes to cuddle, but again, for me, I just need space. So listen, I think it's important to tell your partner, look, I, I, I love you. I think it's so sweet that you want to cuddle. How about we cuddle for 10 minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, whatever you're comfortable with, uh, before sleep. And then we each go to our sides to sleep you're not rejecting your partner. You just need the space because you need to have a good sleep. So you have to transmit to your partner that it's not about him. It's about, or her, he actually him in this case, um, it's much more about your uh, comfort level in terms of sleep. There's nothing wrong with stating what your needs are. Some couples are really comfortable sleeping intertwined and, and, and cuddly and, and all of that throughout the night and others not so much. And it takes two people to want to do this and to be comfortable. Otherwise you sacrifice your own well-being, your own sleep for the sake of your partner. Uh, so having this conversation is absolutely important. Uh, oh my, somebody wrote in many men are part of a movement where they teach each other how to approach women and then they rape them. 1200 German women were sexually insulted, assaulted in Germany from rape gangs. Are you kidding me? That is awful. Please send me the link to that article uh, if you have information about that. I want to, uh, I want to check this out uh, for myself. That's awful. That's just um, terrible. Um, on the text board, I am a 50-year-old man in a relationship of 10 months with a wonderful woman of the same age. She has stated on three occasions and told me that she was not for me, that she doesn't meet expectations, she says. She doesn't meet my expectations. I can't give you what you want, what you need. Uh, two occasions, I collected my stuff from her place. We broke up. She was in two relationships, a husband and a boyfriend, with alcoholics. Also, she told me that she always felt she never met her father's expectations. She also said she spent and managed many things by herself during these periods. 
Our times are glorious together. I'm not feeling secure in this relationship. On eggshells because of the ups and downs, especially because I don't know what to expect. I am so anxious. I can't ask for or decide on outings and dates because I may be stepping on her time she needs for herself, her girlfriends, her books, etc. I'm so mad at her, giving her the finger when she or I call help. This doesn't sound like a very healthy relationship, frankly, and um, it's almost a self-fulfilling prophecy. She's telling you, I cannot give you what you need. And here you are saying you're all, you're full of anxiety and you walk on eggshells and you don't know what to expect in terms of ups and downs. I'm sure you don't need that. I'm sure you need some stability and uh, some peace at 50 years old in a, in a relationship. You don't want it to be so full of drama, but maybe she's so used to the drama that this is her, this is how she relates and there are, there's work she needs to do on herself. It's very possible that her own self-worth is affected, which is why she keeps saying that, um, you know, she, she can't meet your expectations, setting it up as if you're going to leave her eventually because she can't be the person that she knows you deserve or that you want or that you need, etc. cetera. Uh, so that's going to be a problem for you and, uh, either get help uh, together to figure this out if it's worth it, if you think it's worth it for you. But otherwise I would say this is the beginnings of, uh, of a not so healthy relationship. There's no reason that you should be so anxious and walking on eggshells at this point in a relationship less than a year in. Doesn't that itself tell you something? Even if the times you are together are glorious, you have to accept all those lows as well. So you living just for the highs, it's a it look it sounds like a very bipolar relationship and think about that for yourself you've got to think about what is healthy for you uh it seems that eating a woman's booty is trendy now is this true i i don't know what you're i don't know if that's a trend i don't know if you're talking about this in porn you're talking about anal lingus basically it's uh oral sex on in the anal region anal play is certainly talked about a lot uh, but it has been for a long time it's just I think we are just hearing more and uh, and more about it now but I don't know about the um, about the the trend of that Another question by email to Lori at drlori.com. Last week I asked you if comparing women's boobs and men's penis is a fair statement and you disagreed. My question is now, which men's body part would be comparable to women's breasts? In other words, the body part that would excite women. Do women want to answer that? Is there a, a, a particular men's body part that would excite women? Interestingly for breasts, breasts are out there. Men can see them. You can determine the size of a breast by looking at the person, right? You, you, you know, so, and often, um, you know, women can't really hide their cleavage so much if, uh, they, you know, they wear lower cut shirts or whatever it is. But in terms of men, I was saying the package, the man's package isn't obvious. You don't know how big a guy's penis is in his pants. I mean, 
you know, we're not in the, what, in the 70s or 80s with the very tight uh, jeans for, for men where the, and anyway, the package was mostly about, you know, the testicles and that would take up much of the room. So you wouldn't, wouldn't necessarily be an indicator of the size of a penis, but women, which male body part, I, I would say if there's an equivalent, it would be in the same area. It would be the pecs or, um, but I think it would be different for, I think it would be different for, for different women. And I, I think also it's not just breasts for men. Uh, some men are turned on by a, a woman's booty or, or legs or feet or, or something. So uh, I'd love to hear from women, which parts of the uh, male anatomy is what you look at or what the, uh, the turn on is. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. I've got lots of questions uh, to get through. I've got uh, one question from a, a gentleman that feels uh, a lot of guilt, a lot of guilt from pleasure. Uh, I've got another question, which I'd love you to answer as well, is going into a strip club or a massage, is that cheating? So, you know, trying to define what cheating is. Let's, uh, let you be the judge of this one. Strip club, would you consider that cheating if your partner went to a strip club, male or female, by the way, or a massage? But what kind of massage? Regular massage, happy ending massage, uh, so th that would be very different. Let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts. The following program contains mature subject matter. Listener discretion is advised. Turn us on and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank discussion with passion on CJAD 800. I answer all your sex and relationship questions tonight uh, and also your input. I want to share a couple of things. So I asked a, or an emailer asked, what is the comparable body part that women find attractive in men uh, compared to that men will look at breasts, for example? So this uh, texter writes, I like chest and shoulders, but he has to have a nice face. Otherwise, it's a no-go, and that's from a straight female. Someone else writes, I've heard testicles are comparable to breasts because of their circular shape, except you don't see them um, unless the person is naked. And us women have balls, but we wear them on our chest. A lot of women wear push-up bras anyway, so it's hard to judge true size and gravity. Uh, right, where they hang naturally, you mean, is what you're saying, right? Uh, your thoughts uh, as a woman, which body part do you, would you say is comparable to a female breast on a guy that you would find uh, attractive? Would love to hear uh, your thoughts on that. All right. The question is from a listener. Um, actually, before I get to that, I want to make sure I get to the calls and not make you wait. Charles is on the line. Hi, Charles. Dr. Lori. How are you? I'm fine. Uh, I have a question. I'd like to know, do you tell your fiancé that you have fetishes, especially if she's religious? <laughs> well, if this is an important part of your sex life, why would you hide it? What what kind of fetish, can I ask? Well, like let's, you're, you're into kinky clothing and that sort of thing. Right. Well, if you don't tell her... Uh, 
play it out. So let's say you, you don't share it, so you're never going to ask her to wear any kind of kinky clothing. Okay, but let's say uh, you say you kind of like that and you do tell her that. Well, it's fine to be able to say, look, this turns me on, or I really like, I love it. If you, I'd love it if you wore high-heeled shoes to bed, or I don't know what exactly you mean by uh, kinky clothing, but what if she says, no, I don't, I don't want to wear any of that stuff? Yeah, well, that's what I'm concerned about. Would that jeopardize uh, the marriage if you tell her later? It's not that it's going to jeopardize the marriage if you make a suggestion. Like if you say to her, I would love it if uh, you wore this sexy outfit or how would you feel about wearing this sexy outfit just so we can play and and have some fun. You're just simply telling her it might be something that would be fun without saying, I mean, if you absolutely need it in your sex life, then you need to say it beforehand. If you can live without it, it, because you're taking the chance that she may absolutely say, no, I don't wear that stuff. I don't want, I feel like, a, I don't know, I feel like a whore when I do this or whatever she might answer to that. You have to live with that. Yeah. So, so you have to be prepared. So you're saying tell her before you're married. To, if, if it's something that you know that you're going to need then you have to you have to talk about it before you're married. It isn't fair to her. She needs to be able to make that decision prior to, if it's that important to you. I wonder if couples gotten divorced because of something like that after they, she well, found out. Yes, I, I have worked with couples who have gotten divorced after a discovery of a particular fetish, but not just clothing. Like, we're not just talking about... Uh, I like when you wear lingerie. Like, I don't know what you're talking, like, like what specifically. And, you know, that sort of thing in the kink community. Well, you're talking about latex, leather, dom exactly. outfits, what? Exactly. Oh, well, that's, that's taking it a little further. So now you're talking about her dressing, what, as a dominatrix, for example, and you being in a submissive role? And vice versa. Okay, so this is beyond just dress. This is role-playing. Exactly, in the marriage. Yeah, I get it. In the marriage, that's fine. But if this is important to you, you can't just spring it on her later. Okay. I I, I believe so. Maybe someone else will tell you otherwise, but I really think that... Uh, telling her after you, you've walked down the aisle and she feels kind of like, well, what do you want me to do with this information? What are, You're expecting her to just say, okay, well, now that we're married, sure, I'll do whatever you say? Like, what if she's uncomfortable with it? Yeah, that's, that's why I'm asking the question. Right. So I think having a conversation with her and telling her you're into, you like this kind of stuff and you like to vary your sex life and, and, and this is what you would like. Are you okay with that? And I would never go outside the marriage for this. It's just for me and you. I really enjoy this role play. Oftentimes people get scared off of these things when they don't know anything about it. So maybe by educating her a little, rather than freaking her out, right, mm-hmm. you, it would help. But I would have this conversation before. Okay, thank you very much. All right, you take care. Good luck with that. Let me know how that works out for you. Okay. Thanks. All right, take care. Um, all right, so 
going to a strip club or a massage, would you consider that cheating? So here's the thing. Does your partner know that you're going to a strip club? Are, are you hiding this behavior from your partner? Anytime you're hiding, you're hiding stuff purposely from your partner, you are betraying your partner. So if every uh, Tuesday lunch you go to a strip club and you uh, go get your lap dances, but your partner has no clue that you're going, then I would say that that is definitely a form of infidelity. Now, maybe a little less so if you're just going to a strip club to watch and nobody's touching you, uh, it's less, it's not as cheating as say going to get a massage and then getting the happy ending, meaning having sex with the, the massage person who is going to either, uh, have full on sex with you or, or, or masturbate you or, or whatever it is. Somebody else is touching your private parts. How is that not cheating? Even if it means nothing to you, what would your partner say? Now I've known couples where the partner is okay with that, where it's, it's, it's out in the open, honey, I'm, I I go to my, I am getting a happy ending massage. Okay, go, you know, whatever. I know what that means to you. It, It doesn't bother me. Okay, fine. Or same with strip clubs or what have you. Maybe this happen, that uh, attitude is more rare, but I have heard that. So uh, to me, it is. So I want to hear uh, from others. Um, a texter writes in, happy ending massage should not be considered cheating. It's only a massage with a happy ending after all. Any wife should understand that. So would you be okay then if your wife went for a massage and the male uh, masseuse um, uh, gave her oral sex, brought her to orgasm with his hands, you would be perfectly okay with that. Is that what you're saying? So answer me back. I like to, you know, look at, we have to be able to look at it from both sides. All right. So if it's not good for one, it's certainly not good um, for the other. That question is being answered by several of you, so I want to get back to that. Is going to a strip club or having a happy ending massage considered infidelity? I can, the strip club part to me is, is iffy, right? It's like, if there's no, if there's no contact, that's one thing, but the happy ending massage where there's full on contact, where it's a specific person, um, I question that. Uh, to me, that would be, a, a, I can tell you that partners would see that as infidelity unless they knew about it, unless it was talked about beforehand and both people were okay with that. But we'll continue that discussion. This is Passion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. The big question of the night uh, is a happy ending massage cheating. 
I'm getting some uh, different responses here. Uh, so I, one person had said it should not be considered cheating. It's only a massage with a happy ending after all, and any wife should understand that. Uh, all wives out there, should you understand that? For you, would not be cheating. I beg to differ that most wives would disagree, and I turn it around on you. If your wife was getting a happy ending massage, how would you feel about it where a male massage person was uh, bringing your wife to orgasm? How would you feel? Now, Texter writes, well, happy endings is considered a pastime for guys only. No, am I missing something here? That's not the point. The point is, is that Pass, if, if it's a pastime for you, then I would hope that your partner would be aware of your pastime. If this is a secret pastime, uh, then yes, you would be, uh, this would be in, infidelity for sure. A texter writes in, I actually had that issue with an ex who had an aversion towards getting a massage from a man, thereby necessarily requiring a woman to do the job, yet simultaneously upheld double standards towards myself, whereby he expected me to restrict myself to a female masseuse as opposed to feeling free to have a masseur instead, should I have preferred one. In the end, neither of us got a professional massage as he preferred to abstain instead rather than have me be touched by another man. Uh, so there you go. Another texter writes, uh, my opinion, cheating means that I'm in love with another woman at the, in the, at the same time that I am married. Well, hold on a second. So the only, the only way it's cheating is if you actually have feelings for someone else. So if you're going out and having all kinds of sex, you're married, but having all kinds of sex outside of marriage behind your partner's back you would not consider that cheating because you're not in love with these people. Am I the only one? It doesn't, this doesn't make sense to like, that makes no sense to me. Um, going for massage is only because I'm a young 25 year old home guy, horny guy, instead of running it, try to find girls in bars. I get in trouble. I'm doing it a normal and restricted way. Okay. Um, look, I'm not, you can choose to do that. That, that, that's, there are, <laughs> these places are busy, but make no mistake. These are places where sex workers work. Okay. Uh, some places are legit massage places like you have where you have therapeutic massages and what have you. But a lot of these places are not, they will offer you, uh, f- for an extra price, a hand job, or they'll have sex with you all the way, uh, or what have you. So some people go there, uh, because they don't have a partner and, and what have you. And that's fine. Uh, that's fine. That is your choice. We're talking about it. Uh, I'm not judging the act itself, but w- w- in what context is this happening? If you are, if you have committed, a fidelity to somebody. And I'm assuming that when you marry someone, it is understood that fidelity is part of the contract, unless 
you opt out of that part of the contract, which is fine too. If you both decide that you're going to be uh, consensually non-monogamous and the parameters are that you get to go to these massage parlors or you get to go to strip clubs and get lap dances and that's fine with you and that's fine with your partner, then there's no problem. And then that would not be infidelity. Uh, who the hell are these people? They are insane. Cheating is cheating. Touching is cheating. Who cares where the hell the location is? Okay. Uh, if that dude is married, I feel sorry for their wife. Poor thing probably doesn't get pleasure. Some people should remain in the stone age. <laughs> Uh, it's okay for the man and the woman. Happy ending is happy ending. It's just a, mas- a massage. It's not just a massage. You, it's it's genital play. Uh, it's not cheating. Cheating is when you start to have a relationship with another person. I'm wondering if your partner feels the same way. So before you go and, and uh, start having uh, sex with other people, How about having the conversation with your partner and finding out what she thinks is cheating? Because I'm sorry, two people have to be on the same page as to what defines cheating. If your partner agrees with you, then great. Good for you. Go on and be happy. Uh, But my guess is that uh, wouldn't happen, that that your partner probably uh, doesn't uh, feel the same way. Uh, I wouldn't say going to a strip club is necessarily cheating per se, but it's not exactly an appropriate social activity if you're involved within a monogamous, serious relationship either, unless your partner consents, of course. However, being touched in an intimate manner by someone other than your partner without their consent, on the other hand, is definitely cheating. Yes, I agree. Uh, another text writes, it depends on the person. Once I went to a strip club and got a lap dance from a male stripper and didn't feel bad because my boyfriend kept telling me he goes to strip clubs. I told him about the entire experience and he was shocked, but said he would be willing to join me next time. And if I'm with another partner who enjoys going to strip clubs, I may go just out of curiosity because I've never been to a female one. Okay. But this is the two of you having a conversation. See, this is healthy, a healthy conversation um, where there's no jealousy, where it's like, okay, I'm going to strip clubs. This is what it means to me. This is how I feel about it. This is how I feel about you. This is how I feel about you going to strip clubs. We have a conversation. You can come to my strip clubs. I'll go to yours so we can both see what goes on. Okay. Well, to me, that's a very different, uh, scenario than, uh, than what the others were saying, right? Uh, this is for our caller, Charles. Uh, this texter says, should it fail to turn out for your caller, Charles, with the kinky clothes, dominatrix fetish, let him know I'll be more than happy to take over considering I have a compatible, uh, fetish as well. Ah, <laughs> uh, good one. Uh, and then this last one, why does semen taste bitter? What can you do to mask the taste? So this... This one comes up um, relatively often, this question, and the answer is uh, you are what you eat. So uh, having a diet that is rich in um, plant-based foods and also sweet fruits like uh, pineapple and um, uh, uh, citrus fruits and and things like that will give your body fluids, that's for male and women, men and women, 
um, will alter the taste of, of whatever comes out of them. So uh, it goes through your system. Other things to avoid, like onions, garlic, the pungent uh, foods will create a more of a pungent, bitter taste. Now, you can look that up and you can get a whole, probably a whole menu of foods that would uh, would work well. That's it for me. I'm really excited for tomorrow for our live and interactive uh, event where I get to meet some of you. Uh, really looking forward to that. And, of course, our show tomorrow night with John Paul and uh, Brian Callisar and Dave Simon, my whole crew with me, but on air this time, not just behind the glass. I'm really excited to see uh, what their thoughts are on lots of different sex issues and relationship issues that we're going to talk about. So I hope you'll join me tomorrow night. Thanks for being here tonight. Uh, if you want to connect with me on social media, it's at Dr. Lori Batito. You can connect with me through my uh, website, drlori.com. Coming up next here on CJD, we bring you the CTV National News. Have a great rest of the evening and remember to live your life with passion.